0: And welcome back to the Yes Longevity podcast, where we give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I'm Chris Porter from down here at Yes Fitness, and I would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to what we have to talk about today. I have a very special guest with us today. Her name is Jackie Penson, and she just happens to be my niece, but she's extremely smart. And how this all came about today is... we get together at family events and we start talking and get in-depth conversations about the body and how it works and the injuries and things like that. And I said, you know what? Let's get you on our podcast because I think you have some great knowledge of what's going on with the body. So I just want to say thank you for coming on board today and uh, how are you doing? Thanks
1: for having me. I'm doing really well.
0: Good. Good. So um, first, I want to let everybody know that you are a certified athletic trainer now for seven or so years. Yep. Fantastic. And um, I would like you first to explain what a certified athletic trainer is because people have this visions of all these different things. Like all you do is train athletes. And it's really not true because you, you take injuries and you bring people back to being able to perform. So let's give, give me an idea what you think of certified athlete trainers.
1: Yeah. So that is a fantastic question. Um, we are often uh, confused with personal trainers a lot of the time. So actually the definition of an athletic trainer is we are a certified and licensed healthcare professional. Um, and we practice in the field of sports medicine. So specifically, um, we work on prevention of injuries, examination and diagnosis of injuries, and we treat injuries as well. We are also um, trained in emergency uh, professional care, uh, in addition. Uh, So that's why when you're watching TV, uh, let's say a Rams game, and an athlete (laughs) goes down and they're injured, (laughs) we are the ones with the fanny packs that run out and see if they're okay. Um, we rely a lot on seeing mechanism of injuries. So that's why we're also trained really well in uh, biomechanics and kinesiology. So that's what I do.
0: That's what she does. Now, once that athlete has been injured and she takes care of them on the field, she then will, if, if necessary, they need to go to another physician, that's fine. But when they're done with whatever their recovery is, you then – Prepare that, prepare that athlete, and train that athlete to the point where they can get onto a certified strength and coach or a personal trainer or something like that. Right. So there's a very a long, big gamut of things that you do. It's not just treating that athlete when they get hurt on the field. So a wealth of knowledge, and a, a licensed position, which mm, trainers aren't licensed yet. I wish we were, but they aren't. Um, so just a, a tremendous amount of knowledge. And to give you an idea of just really what she does and, and where she's at, she's starting a new position. And it's very exciting. So I want to just explain what that position is and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so that's great. So um, it's it's good that you mentioned that sometimes, actually, before I go on, that we, we are part of that full continuity of care, right? So sometimes we're prepping an athlete to go back um, onto the field, or sometimes they need to step to the side and they need... Hire, even though we are trained in functional therapy, so late stages, we do recommend seeing and working with strength coaches all the time and personal trainers as well. Um, So it's really nice to see um, sort of how we can bridge the gap um, because we are a little bit of a jack of all trades. So for right now, my new position actually is um, called at a company called OrthoCare. And what I will be doing is fitting people with braces um, when they're in the clinic. So a knee brace after an ACL surgery, maybe they've had, um, a biceps tenodesis, a rotator cuff repair. I know rotator cuff is kind of a a hot injury that a lot of people know about, um, fitting them with, um, their post-surgical brace, um, and keeping them stationary while they heal.
0: That's awesome. A lot more stuff than I know how to do. (laughs) A lot more stuff than I do. So I specifically brought her on today because, uh, You know, we train people 40 plus and we're constantly dealing with injuries and aches and pains and things like that. And I thought that we could just start right off with uh, a joint that I hear about all the time, the knee, the knee joint. So we have people who, you know, they'll be creaky, why is it creaky, people going downstairs it hurts. So let's just start off with some of the basic knee injuries and we're not talking about acl and meniscus and that's really bad big bad stuff but this is more overuse things or misalignment things or not exercising correctly or recovering correctly so what are the more common ones that you see
1: so common injuries i see have to do a lot with um what we call the kinetic chain right so when you think of your body A lot of people tend to become hyper-focused on, well, I have knee pain, so I'm going to exercise my knee. When in reality, let's say, maybe the problem is starting with your foot and the way your foot is. Mm -hmm. Or in reality, you are compensating for something that's going on in your hip or your back. So it's all about alignment. So let me share this uh, quick image that I have for you um, about alignment. And let me know if you can see that
0: it's there it is there it is,
1: there it is. um so what you see here is somebody with a correct functional alignment right so both their feet are facing forward if you can see kind of a little bit through the line here um their kneecaps are facing right at you their hips are in line and the shoulders are not tilted at all so when we think of Um, any sort of functional medicine, we actually need to think from the bottom up and the top down. So then if you look um, to the right side of dysfunctional alignment, this is a good example of, if you're just standing and looking in your mirror, right? what do you see? Are your feet turned out? Uh, Are your kneecaps, or what we call the patella, facing right at you, or is one kind of to the side, which I can go to a different view in a minute? Um, Are your hips aligned, or are they a little off-center? and then look at your shoulders. Um, That can lead us to a lot of dysfunctional issues, which can lead to a lot of knee pain. So common things that that will lead to, um, let's say are um, a chronic hamstring strain. Mm -hmm. So you're working out, you're feeling good, you get about halfway through and oh, you start to feel the pain in the back of your leg, right on the mid thigh. Um, A lot of that can be because you're actually overcompensating for, let's say, having an improper hip alignment. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: So that's where a lot of strains come from. And when we say strains, strains are, so if you have a muscle belly that's aligned, right, you get tiny micro tears or overuse um, that can also cause little micro tears in the muscle. um, And that can lead to a huge common issue. Another problem with that dysfunctional alignment, right, um, is with, in regard to your kneecaps or your patellas, right, where they sit in the groove. So actually in reality, this bone here has a nice groove that your kneecap sits in, right? So you can have patella alta right? So where they're kind of squinting in, Mm -hmm. or you have one squinting in, or you have frog-eyed where they're both kind of facing outward. That can cause a rubbing sensation within the groove of your patella or of your kneecap. And that can cause um, a very common issue called chondromalacia. Now, when you have your kneecap sitting in your groove, right? We have, all of us have um basically a smooth coating or what we call um what's the word i'm looking for um like uh oh what's the word i'm looking for (laughs) (laughs) we have um like uh basically uh like uh not collagen My gosh, the word escapes me. Anyway, we have a smooth coating of bone on the on the underside and all that rubbing can cause that material of our bone to become jagged. And that's why a lot of times people get popping or clicking. So it's actually the bone wearing away the um, the word that I can't think of.
0: You're not, not going to remember it now, so you should just stop. No, it,
1: it'll hit me later. I'm sure. back <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly to how that works. Uh,
1: so that's why a lot of times we get popping or clicking in the knee. That sometimes is painful and sometimes is not painful. Actually, 90% of us have what we call chondromalacia.
0: Mm-hmm. And what can we do about that?
1: Well, believe it or not, a lot of stretching. Is really good for pain um, of having that rubbing in the knee stop. So a lot of stretching and focusing on our alignment. So where our hips sit, where our shoulders hit, hit, you know, in line. Um, how we do that is a lot of times it begins with our feet. I think the most that you can control as an individual um, who doesn't, maybe who hasn't seen a healthcare professional yet and is having some of these popping, clicking, maybe a little bit of pain, um, and not having any signs of a strain is controlling our feet and our shoe wear. So another good image to share here that I'll click on is really important. It's the intrinsic tripod of the foot. And let me see if I can get it up. Nope.
0: While you're doing that, I'm just going to say, so when someone comes on board with us, we do take some pictures from the front, from both sides, and from the rear. And not necessarily, they think we're just there to take these pictures so that we can post them on the internet before and after. But we're really taking pictures of them so that we can take a look to see if some of this stuff is glaring to us. Um, You know, when I went to school 30 years ago, you know, we weren't thinking about this. We weren't talking about this. This is all just post Education that I've gotten over the years. So I'll take a look and just see hey, you know what? Let me just see how you're aligned Let's see what's going on at least one shoulders higher than the other shoulder or if your hips aren't aligned or something like that So maybe we can prevent some of this along with the other screening tools that we have to help reduce the risk for injury right It's true. So
1: actually that's a great Mm -hmm. Great method is taking pictures of new clients seeing maybe where their alignment is and seeing if you can just give some everyday suggestions Um, For example, if you have what we commonly call flat feet versus a high arch, the right shoe, putting you in the right shoe can help actually give minor adjustments all the way up the kinetic chain, which is fantastic. Um, And a lot of that um, dysfunction, like I said, comes from the feet and a way we can correct it is not only the supportive shoe, but focusing on what we call the intrinsic tripod of the foot. So I don't know if you can see this image here. It's basically it come up. the big foot, the ball, on, little tiny pinky, and then the heel.
0: It did, um, it, you didn't share, it didn't share.
1: Oh, it didn't share? Okay, no. let me
0: well, Give it a, a shot again. Mm-hmm. You know me in technology. Anybody who watches this stuff, we knows anything that has to do with me in technology never goes smoothly. So, how about now? There it is. There
1: it is. Okay, so here's the intrinsic tripod of the foot. So we have basically the part of the big, the big toe, um, the ball of the foot, uh, the ball of the tiny, tiny toe, and the middle calcaneus of the heel. Um, so having a proper shoe that fits your foot. So I always recommend going to a shoe store that has trained professionals to actually look at your feet a little bit and give a good shoe suggestion. I don't know if you have that down near you, um, but that's a fantastic start um, in uh, helping with uh, the general uh, knee pain, popping, clicking, stuff like that.
0: Would you say that this should be in a shoe wear, everyday shoe wear, or just what they're exercising, what they're bringing to the gym? What would you suggest?
1: So I say both. I say it's good to have a proper walking shoe Mm -hmm. um, that you can wear around every day, everyday life that's comfortable. Uh, Just make sure you break them in well. And then also having a good pair of shoes for working out. Mm -hmm. So like a good running shoe I think is is proper. Um, A lot of people are a fan of Brooks, but I honestly think that gives way too much support and will sometimes almost allow your foot to become reliant on the shoe and in which case you're not building the proper muscles in your feet that you need. Right. I'm not into minimalists unless you are an elite athlete. Um, I'm also not a big fan of having so much support that then your feet almost want to become complacent because they feel so good in such a supportive shoe.
0: <laughs> so talk about mi- minimalists because you know, so many people are big about, you know, wearing these shoes with, you know, going barefoot wearing this shoe that barely does, has any kind of support. Why are you so yeah. bad?
1: So um, I'm a big, so just in general for shoes, I'm a really big fan of ASICs. I think they have a lot of options for people. Sock knees, again, you can put what type of, like, even if you can't find a good shoe store to go to, to fit you to a shoe, if you go online, they'll ask you what type of foot you have. And, you know, if you just even have a picture of your feet of if they lean in or if they come out, or if you have kind of a flare foot coming out, um, that can be a good option for you in terms of minimalist. Um, again, I really only recommend those for elite athletes. And even then I say no athlete should run more than a certain amount of mileage in them per week, because that can lead to overuse. Because I mean, from the beginning of time that you were alive, your parents put you in a shoe. So you weren't born to walk and run and do all these activities mm-hmm. um, barefoot, right? right? You've been your whole life. So that can be a big shock to your feet. So I think building up to being more minim- minimalist is okay, but also you need to be wary of the fact of if you have muscle imbalances and if you have a dysfunctional alignment because in which case if you do a minimal shoe is not going to be a good shoe to even start with. You need to correct your dysfunction first before moving into a lighter shoe. If that makes sense.
0: It makes sense to me. It absolutely makes sense to me because you, you've, you're, you're trying to take something from where, where it should be or want to be, but you have these years and years and years and years of pattern that you've been through by wearing shoes. Now, all of a sudden, you're not going to take, take those shoes off and think your foot's just going to and adjust to that, and it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So when we coach, when you talk about this whole um, um, alignment of the body, and how we try to take a look at things overall. We specifically take a look at the body. This is how we take a look at the body, that the foot is a very stable joint and that the ankle is supposed to be very mobile. And Mm -hmm. then the knee joint is very stable and the hip is very mobile and the lumbar spine is supposed to be very stable and the thoracic spine is so far up and down the body. So you touched on it a little. oh I lost you. Did you? Are you still here with me? Oh, you froze. We have a bad internet connection. What's happening? Are you back? Where did she go? Oh, oh, oh I think her internet connection went down on us. So what I'm gonna do right here is I'm going to end this right now and I'm gonna see if we can pick it up again. And um, if we can't, then uh, we're just gonna have to see if she can re-sign on. Let's see if that'll happen. Let's quick just see before we stop this because once we stop, we can't go back. Mm -hmm. Just bear with me here a minute. Uh what I was going to say was, I'm just going to try to give her a quick call. Everyone, just be patient. And maybe it's not going to happen for us today. Whoops, wait a minute. Let's
2: see.
0: All right, so for some reason, Jackie's internet died. So we're going to leave it right where we're at right here. Um, And we will have her back on again in the very near future to talk more about knee pain because I think she gave us some really great ideas to start to think about the knee pain that we have. And how? what I'd like to do is I'll have it back on again. We'll talk about how we can address that other than just what's going on with your foot so we can see how important the foot is and um, how that might affect all the joints in the body, not just knee joint and the hip joint. So I appreciate you taking the time, and I apologize for this inconvenience, but look for us to get back on again with Jackie very soon. And uh, look for us to give you more insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better Hold on. I just found a button where I can pause this. So let me see if I can get it back on before we stop. And then if I can't, we'll just stop it right where we're at. Thanks. So we're back. Jackie lost her internet connection. She is coming from West Chesterfield, New Hampshire. They're kind of behind the times up there with internet speed. So she lost her internet, but we were able to get her back. And since I paused it, we're going to just pick right up what we're talking about. So I was just mentioning to Jackie that when we bring somebody on board, um, and we go through our functional movement screen and we take a look at how the body moves and functions that so as we coach and train it- all in all our programming, we try to make sure that the joints that are supposed to be mobile are mobile. So when we take a look at that foot, we want to make sure that the foot is a very stable joint. And then as we work up the body, the ankle joint moves, so it's supposed to be very mobile. The knee is supposed to be very stable. The hip is supposed to be mobile. The lumbar spine is supposed to be very stable. So we never twist the lumbar spine and then the thoracic spine is supposed to be very mobile and up through the body. So what we find all the time is that when people come out of physical therapy. So one other point was so – so we try to take a global look at how the body moves and functions like you do because mm-hmm. something be going on with the ankle and it might bother the knee, might be bother the hips, might bother the back, could be all kinds of things, all because mm-hmm. the ankle's not moving correctly. So we always mm-hmm. put that type of work into our programming. But when people come out of physical therapy, it always amazes us as to just – they always come out of there with these little tiny exercises to do and so much stretching and so much flexibility. And, and I notice when people are done with their workouts, they just want to get out the door. They never want to stretch. They never want to do any of that kind of stuff. So we, we really try to force it and put it into the workout so it has to get done. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the body, maybe some of the joints and how they need to be just not just mobile, but the muscles need to be flexible so that they move correctly.
1: Yeah. So first of all, you know you're going to a good gym when on day one they give you a functional movement screen. So congratulations. You are one of the top people that do that, and that is really important. So your client should really appreciate that and take that into consideration because the weaknesses that you find on the functional movement screen can lead you down the rabbit hole to actually becoming a well-balanced and in-line functional uh, active person. So that's really important. So Yes. So when you go to physical therapy, a lot of times, because of the fact that they can only be with you a short amount of time, they will give you um, very isolating exercises that are going to be very to the point. And in which case, when you're actually out of physical, so like, for example, you go in for knee pain and all of your exercises, and let's say it's your right knee, all of your exercises are focused on your right knee. Yeah. And then you leave. And then sometimes actually that can lead to imbalances. Cause a lot of times what um, they, they almost forget to tell you um, is that when you're out there, you when you are away from the PT, you should actually be doing those exercises on both your knees, both your knees. And you should be, um, so that way you're not developing an imbalance. So that's really important. So in addition to that, you should always tell your personal trainer um, if you're in physical therapy, what you're in physical therapy for and how they can kind of, create a, a larger picture in terms of health and functional movement in addition to what you're doing in physical therapy. That can be a great um, supplemental um, avenue to take that I definitely recommend for athletes and any active person that I see. Um, flexibility is is actually key, right? Because flexibility is speed. Flexibility is strength. Um, flexibility helps uh, keeping your joints mobile in the way that they should be, which can reduce pain a lot of the times. Um, It's just very difficult sometimes to differentiate between um, a strain or delayed onset muscle soreness, which is when you go to the gym and you work really hard, right? And the next day you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sore. Mm -hmm. But then over time, a little bit of stretching, you can uh, feel better. That's that's a huge difference. Being able to tell a strain versus um, delayed onset muscle soreness, which I'm sure you see a lot in uh, what you do. Right.
0: right. So if they have a strain, how long? Like where's the point where they say, "Oh, this isn't delayed onset soreness. Now this is a little bit of a strain." And there's different levels of straining. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yep. So there's three levels of straining, mm-hmm. um, and how you can tell the difference is if you're stretching. And you feel relief, but then the pain comes back Mm. after you've stretched and when you start working out again, that usually means it's a little bit more than delayed onset muscle soreness. Um, Usually with delayed onset muscle soreness, um, you warm up properly. You give yourself a nice, good stretching routine, which is highly important um, for any sort of exercise that you want to accomplish. Uh, and goals it should always be incorporated. Um, But then you're still having pain with the activity. So I stretch, it doesn't feel better and doesn't feel better with my activity. That means typically it's a strain. And in which case, the key component is to actually not stretch it. So if you were to take a piece of, I know that sounds totally counterintuitive. I don't, I don't. So many people are like, how, what do you mean? You have a strain, you stretch it. No, no, no. If I take a piece of paper, right. And I rip that piece of paper, right. Cause if you have the muscle fibers and they're stretched and they have little tiny micro tears and you continue to stretch it when they're trying to come back together, that's not going to help you. So what you need to actually do for a strain, which is an, what you need to actually do is stretch every muscle around it to encourage those fibers to come back together.
0: People always ask, heat, ice, what, what are the, what's the biggest thing now? What, what's the way to do with that?
1: Whatever feels comfortable for you. Okay. Yep. Heat or ice is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically they say ice in the beginning and then heat as you go along um, to kind of help support the inflammatory process of when you're injured. Um, So ice kind of helps kind of cool things down and then um, heat is good for comfort. Uh, There are a lot of studies on ice and heat. Some athletic trainers will say never use ice. Some athletic trainers will say Put ice on everything uh for me i'm kind of in the middle of the road on my philosophy i think ice and heat are really good analgesics for pain and comfort
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay. um, I think primarily a good uh thing to do if you have any sort of strain is compression especially if it's a mild strain if it if it uh, what i say though if you are not stretching it you're icing heating Maybe you're taking some Advil Mm -hmm. um, and you're staying really well hydrated and doing all the things you should and it still hurts, maybe after a week and a half, then maybe it's time to start to think about seeing somebody. Okay.
0: All right. That's great advice. Because people are always wondering, when should I go see someone? When should, you know, let me work through the pain. Let me work through that. Next thing you know, it's worse. So that's a good that's good information right there, really good information right there. So as what are some things that my clients or people who might be watching this, who don't go to a gym, who don't work with a coach or a trainer can look for or do when they're exercising to help them reduce this risk for injuries?
1: Yeah. So, um, especially in regards to the knee. Mm -hmm. So realizing that it's very important to strengthen your hips, uh, when you strengthen your hips, you're going to be strengthening your knee. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're doing exercises like that, like I'm sure you're a big fan of the single leg split squat.
2: Yes, we are.
1: Yes. So that is a fantastic exercise. So let's say you're doing a home workout, you're doing even lunges, let's say, or a single leg split squat. I would recommend having a mirror in front of you. That is highly key. That's going to give you visual feedback on what you're doing because it may feel good, but you might not have be doing the proper form. And then you're going to go down the avenue of getting an overuse injury because you're just not mm-hmm. doing the proper form. So when you are looking in the mirror, right, and you're looking head on, what you need to look for is your knee not becoming knock-kneed, right? So we, when we think of our knees leaning in uh, right. versus bow-legged, we don't want to have our knees lean in. And you need to focus on the picture, the picture that I showed earlier, the intrinsic tripod of the foot making sure you have an even amount of weight. So now it used to be put all the weight in your heel and then push up from there. Actually, now all the research is saying you should try to have to actually prevent that knock need instead of over activating your glute muscle on your behind. You're gonna focus on putting equal amount of pressure on the three spots of the tripod of the foot Mm -hmm. Because what that does is allows your glute muscles to have full activation and that will help not only prevent the knock need, but it will actually help you not plateau as quickly when you are exercising Mm -hmm. and trying to lift, um, like a higher weight or reps or sets.
0: Right. I don't think people understand how important it is. I mean, we try to cue it all the time to, make sure you have that connection with the ground, whether it's with your foot or your hand, when you're a quadruped position, you're not just like just hanging out with your hand on the ground. Your hand needs to be like gripping the ground, You need to be turning on that. It turns the whole chain of nerves up into your shoulders and into the foot. So if we even, if we go into a half kneel position or a tall kneel position and we tell people, you know, dig that foot into the ground, dig that foot into the ground. It's just to make that connection so we can get the forces, correctly through the body and that the body can stay in the proper alignment. I mean, that's, it's really, really important to do that. We've had some success recently with um, putting some mini bands around people's feet Or Mm -hmm. some around some people's knees just to get some of that focus and getting that thoughts that, hey, you know, if that band is, when they have that band on their foot and is barefoot, it forces them to have to like get into the ground with their feet and not just be up on your toes and not just be pushing through your heels and things like that. Um, Yeah, it's super, super important to do that kind of thing. Yeah. I know we talked about uh, when we were off the air before, people have some discomfort when they hike down the hill or when they go downstairs?
1: Mm, Yes. So remember how we were talking about chondromalacia. So the cartilage underneath your kneecap uh, being kind of worn away with everyday wear and tear or muscle imbalances, or actually if you um, have a higher body fat, Mm -hmm. fat content Um, what people don't realize is when you're going down the stairs, um, there is a good article uh, by, biomechanics it was 2010 journal of biomechanics when you're going down the stairs you're actually putting up to around 300 percent of your body weight so an 185 pound person is actually putting upwards of 300 pounds of pressure when that one singular foot comes down uh, onto the stair and having that and then thinking about the amount of strength your leg has is a singular leg going to be able to hold like can you lift single leg around 300 pounds most of us can't in everyday life so and in which case your joint is going to take the primary load um of that uh gravitational pull that extra pressure that you're putting down on the joint and go right up into the knee sometimes the hip and that's why a lot of times when people are like oh i have back pain and when i go down the stairs it's just like i, I get that sharp sharp pain that's what you're feeling It's actually the increase uh, of the amount of weight you're putting down on that step.
0: So a point that you made about that, because we'll have people come in and say, I need to strengthen my knees. I need to strengthen my Mm -hmm. knees. And then we'll do an exercise to strengthen the hip and the glutes. And they'll be like, why are we doing this? I need to strengthen my knees. And you're like, well, first of all, I don't know of too many muscles that are like in the knee itself. You need to strengthen not just the thighs but you need to go all the way up that chain and below the chain you need to strengthen it all together you need to strengthen it in a way that it's working together the way it was designed to work right right not you know not just sitting on a knee extension machine and doing what building your quads it needs to be worked the way it's designed to be worked
1: absolutely and that's that's highly important to remember is that you have to think of your body as a whole it's not just like when you go to physical therapy and you have a limited amount of time, they need to isolate that one muscle that's hurting you. It's like you need to build your muscles as a unit together and realize that the big muscles are the big movers, the smaller muscles in. So like, let's take your knee, for example, you, a big muscle in your leg would be, your rectus femoris, right? Because it crosses, it's one of the main top muscles in your knee. It's the one where if the bodybuilder flexes, you see that first, right? It crosses the hip and the knee. So it's a big mover, but it's not as strong in the hip. Mm-hmm. So it can cause instability in the knee. So in which case you need to help out that one muscle by continuing to build the muscles that, not, that, not, some, that sometimes don't even cross the knee across the hip.
0: Right. Right. So one thing, because um, we can go way down a rabbit hole with this, but, and I don't want to do that today, but, um, you know, we use the DVRT system, dynamic very resistant training sandbags. And why we do that and why we use bands and things like that when we coach and train is we want to make sure that the the musculature and all that fascia in our body crisscrosses it starts in the front on the left side and crisscrosses all the way up to the right side here and then back on the back and it crisscrosses like that so when people coach and train you need to be thinking about that so that all these muscles are working together all the time so when you're doing when you're doing a squat Not just your legs are working with that squat. Your core is working. Your upper body is working. Everything Mm -hmm. is working at one time. And you need to think about that. But that's a different rabbit hole. We're not going down that today.
1: Yeah. Multiplanar exercises. We should probably have a second episode about that.
0: Because
1: that actually also relates back to why a lot of people have knee pain.
0: Okay. So one last knee pain I want to talk about if we can is um, sometimes people will – well, two things. One – they'll get up out of the chair and their knees will just be so stiff and you need to like move them a little bit. I always like to say motion is lotion, but you know, is there anything they can do about that? Or is that just age?
1: I don't like to say that's age. I like to say actually that is how sedentary of a lifestyle you have. Are you able to actually get up and move around or even move your legs in your chair while you're sitting? Um, and also, how hydrated are you and what is your diet like? Mm. Right. So if we're talking about somebody who is suffering from some early onset arthritis, Mm -hmm. maybe an anti-inflammatory diet is better for you. Mm. um, Which you can, you can look that up and and find loads of information on that. Um, But I'm a huge believer in you are what you eat. So if you're not putting proper fuel in the tank, your engine's not going to run right. Right. Um, And I think what people don't realize is like something like the knee that knee is fed by synovial fluid so that is lymph lymph fluid that's not blood right so if you're dehydrated and you're sitting around a long time and you're not eating the right things you might stiffen up a little bit and you might pop and creak a little bit more because that joint is just not being um cushioned properly if that makes any sense that
0: makes a lot of sense to me i you know, I'm getting up there in the years, but when I'm done sitting, I can get up and my knee doesn't bother me. And I think that's because of the foods that I eat. I think that's because I exercise. I think that's because I'm hydrated. I think it's a whole gamut of things that people probably don't even think about, you know, do, am I, do I have an anti-inflammatory, do I have an inflammatory diet or am I hydrated enough? So there's a lot of reasons for that to happen.
1: Yeah, so, if you're sitting, are, you mo- are you at least moving, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, you're sitting there, you're in a meeting. Mm-hmm. When you're in a meeting, you can stretch your legs out under the table. Right. And you can release some ankle pumps, ankle circles, and then you can do a couple reps even of just the simple, simple, simple knee curl and you know extend and flex your legs um, before you actually even get up mm. and that might help as well mm-hmm. it's a small step.
0: that's great advice any the last knee pain I'd like to talk about is if someone's never had a you know, acute injury, they no meniscus tears or cartilage or anything like that. And they, but they kneel on their knees and they bother them. What could that be?
1: Okay. So again, a lot of that can be the amount of cartilage where you have underneath your kneecap mm-hmm. and the amount of pressure. So like a lot of times, um, I'll have, uh, an older athlete come in and when they kneel, they hear a pop. Mm-hmm. There's no pain, but right. there's a pop. Um, and a lot of that, again, is just the natural wear and tear and things moving around in there and right. grinding a little bit, unfortunately. Right. Um, and it's important to, when you kneel, try and not almost kneel all your weight onto the kneecap, mm-hmm. try and maybe put some weight on, um, the upper part of the shin and that might help a little bit as well.
0: Okay, great. Well, it's been great having you on today gave us a plethora of information mm-hmm. i hope that somebody gets something out of this and hopefully they watched it to the end and they didn't stop when they tried to cut us off before we're up. unfortunate to have that little bit of break in technology that's not unusual for what goes on in my life but uh, i really appreciate you taking some time today to talk to us and um you know i look forward to having you back on again sometime because i'd love to talk about the lumbar spine And I'd love to talk about the shoulders. Both those are areas that we hear a lot about, a lot of injuries, a lot of aches and pains. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, the people that are watching this today know and understand that you know what you're talking about and that you give us some great advice. So I really appreciate that.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So uh, that's it for today. And I'm really signing off this time. It's not a fake sign off, but you can look for. More information from us next Tuesday where we'll give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Thanks for watching and taking the time to be with us today. Have a great day.